Hello and welcome to Fuck and Ball, the podcast that brings you everything you didn't know, you didn't need, and the time it takes to walk from Seven Sisters to White Lane. I am Ash and I'll be your Prime Minister today. There's been a cabinet reshuffle as Finn has been suspended for persistent absence, as has Jules to fight Finn in the pockets of his filthy rich donors. I am joined, however, by our chief whip, the man who makes sure we always remain a podcast for the people. It's Jim. How you doing, mate? <laughs> All right, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, hang on, what 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 political party are we here? <laughs> we'll go with independent. Nice. Also with us is the voice of reason. That's whatever fucking reason he wants because he's bigger than me. It's my big bro, Chris. How you doing? How are we doing, guys? All right? Yeah, excellent. We've got a few games to get through, so we'll start with that one in France because apparently there's this third-rate European competition that we're competing in. Either of you guys watch it? Do we have to talk about it? <laughs> I mean, was it that bad? Coming away from the second seed side in a European competition with a draw... In theory, it's not that bad, is it? Well, <laughs> I think it's the performance more than the result. Is it one of those results that gets better the more? <laughs> one of the, one of those games that looks bad at the time, and the more the time goes on, you go, actually, that was all right. <laughs> Did you have anything well, better if, planned? If if you want to uh, um, feel better, they have gone and beat Clermont for six nil today. Oh, there you go. Right, well, if you wouldn't have spent that 90 minutes watching Wrens, what would you have been doing, Chris? Um, probably on Twitter, trying to convince more people that Winks is not a premiership player, <laughs> as I spend my days doing. How, how's that going for you, Chris? Quite good at the moment, to be honest, <laughs> after how he started this season. To be honest, it sounds um, like he's doing your work for you. Yeah, I think the, the, the voice of reason's coming through. <laughs> um, I've been playing five aside with my work friends today and I tell you what I'm not in physical shape but I felt better yeah. than Winks <laughs> were you more end on belly or end on belly end on belly <laughs> oh, let's be honest there uh, I could have done with bringing a physio or a chiropractor with me spent more time off the pitch than on it um, <laughs> doing all kinds of funky stretches Jim how's the world of journalism how's your week been yeah, I mean, look, it's Wednesday evening and my work week just finished, so that's all right. Uh, I've done a lot of working since Monday. Nothing really that exciting has happened, but I haven't had to watch a midweek game, which at the moment is a <laughs> is a bonus because we're at that stage of the season where, I mean, it normally we normally wait till about December before it gets this bad, but you know that point where the season crosses over from like interesting to well, no, you start with hope, then you have. <laughs> Then you have like elation because the season starts and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Then you sort of move towards indifference and then eventually it ends in despair. <laughs> it sounds like the life of a Stockport County fan is very similar to the life of a Tottenham fan. Funnily enough, one thing we have in common is having been absolutely dipped 3-0 twice in three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Talking about Stockport. I believe I met some an ex-player. I believe it was at Stockport County. Um, he's oh. now at Cone, I want to believe. Nice. His name's Alex. Is that uh, what you're going to give us? Alex? Oh, what's his surname? <laughs> he's, I've literally just gone, gone yeah, absolutely. I don't think he ever made a first-team appearance, but he was on the books. But yeah. um, last week, I went last week to um, Maidenhead away, which we, we won, surprisingly. And uh, you might remember... Um, Mighty Zeki Friars. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen this story all over Twitter. Zeki's yeah. back. Signed for us last week. I did make a good debut, actually. It was all right. And everything everything since has been pretty shocking. But, hey, 
who'd have thought that spending six million quid in the conference would get you any anything other than being levered every week? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like whenever we see Chelsea or City fail, that's must surely how every other team in the league must be feeling about Stockport yeah, County at the moment. Totally, totally. Because we, we used to be like the polar opposite and now we're just like the silly club that spent all the money and now it's gone. It's up. Yay. QPR in the Prem. Strong vibe. Speaking of disappointment, let's bring it back to Tottenham and Wrens then. Chris, you obviously uh, weren't happy at all, mate. What was your general feeling about the uh, the woes of the game? Do you know what? It's n- we talk about the Wrens games, but you could probably sum it up. Every game's been the same, tactically absolute poor. The boys don't seem to have any any energy longer than 20, 30 minutes. Um, I don't feel like we know how to control the game. We can't take a game by the scruff of the neck. Um, it's just, uh, honestly, yeah. every, I, apart from 20 minutes against City, I don't think we've had one good performance. We've had flashes of brilliance from certain players but then you've got three four years of Delhi being absolute terrible <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with him being terrible but I'm not going to start the Winks debate with you again over the no, day Delhi, Delhi, not Delhi's fucking worth it. no no Delhi's not as bad as Winks let's put it out there <laughs> um, however Delhi has earned a career off giving the ball to Christian Eriksen and just tapping it in <laughs> um, I think Eriksen made the boy look good better than he is it's not terrible I think he's a good sub to have. Do you think with um, that thing you said about not being able to take a game by the scruff of the neck, how much do you think of that comes from the manager? Because I was listening to a a few other uh, outlets, other podcasts who are available. Recommend you don't listen to them. um, (laughs) uh, Only listen to this one, guys. (laughs) Somebody was saying, basically, a lot of teams... um, that, that Spurs like to compete with or like to think they can compete with like City, Chelsea, Liverpool have sticky patches but they, they seem to know how to get the most out of their squads and, and kind of almost sort of faint their way through games because they've all got managers that are strong personalities and can kind of give them a bit of belief. Mm. Um, and it's obviously early in the Nuno reign but I wonder whether... Uh, whether that's something for him to maybe be a bit bolder. I definitely agree he needs to be bolder. Um, I'm not a fond supporter of Nuno. However, this is not new. I think apart from Ericsson and great and not only Musa Dembele, <laughs> we've never, it's been a long, long time. Probably you're looking at Modric and then before Modric, even you could go back far. We've never, never had someone who takes the game by the scruff of the neck. And if you look at City, for example, it doesn't always have to be a holding midfielder that people think it is. De Bruyne takes takes control. And I think that's what Ericsson did. He made everyone around him better. Same with Dembele. I think the players we got, we've just got too many players in wrong positions. I think Endombele would be better if he had two two similar Hoiberg-type players that done all the work for him. Yeah, I want to speak about Ndombele a little bit later when we uh, come on to the Wolves game from today. I don't think we were held particularly by the referee, and I, I love to blame referees, and I'm going to do it all fucking day long. But the amount of fouls they were, they were putting in, like at some point there's got to be an accumulation yellow card. Like, Have you ever been in a match, Chris, where you're just thinking, fucking hell, ref, pull out your pocket? 
Yes, most definitely, Paul. Like especially Sunday League, you get it all the time. <laughs> but you you go either two ways with it. You either match them, yeah, mm. or you start doing shithousery like the Mella. <laughs> Unfortunately, our players didn't do that. They sort of just tried to carry on. You need to match. I either match them by the strength, go in a hard tackle, set the president, saying, look, you can do it, we can do it too. Do you want to go for it? And that could force them to back down. Because at the end of the day, we had the better players, technically. And if we met, they knew that, so they, they went at us. So if we went at back, they might have thought, hold on, we need to change up a bit here. I already thought you were going to say we can do it, we can do. And to be fair, we did shit the bed quite a few times, so some wet wipes might have come in handy. Talking about that sort of grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck, there's been a lot of chat around Tottenham fans about the lack of creativity. And I don't know if you'd agree, Jim, but to me, at the moment, the way we're set up, even a prime Christian Eriksen in that team would struggle to get that many assists because the lack of movement in our front line, particularly against Wren, was absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it's all really static and it all looks like... You know when you see those... Uh, graphs that you, you get after games where you see a player's movement and it looks just like a spider's web all over the place. Mm. I think if you looked at Spurs over the last couple of weeks, everything would be it, it'd be like squares and like straight lines everywhere. It all feels really, really rigid. Um, and I just wonder whether that's there's a, there's obviously a lack of the right personnel in that squad, but because uh, cause you you kind of had similar issues last year. I think I think games went away from Spurs because of a, a lack of kind of anyone in the middle to not necessarily to break things up, but to just be a bit of spark. But I just think I don't know where that's going to come from, and I'm not sure that there's a uh, I, I don't know. You look at the transfer window and think Spurs probably didn't have a bad one yeah. as transfer windows go, but then. Um, look at it now and there's, there just seems to be something there's a gaping hole isn't there and like you say it's Jim let's have a look it really started under the Mourinho area, era but it worked at the beginning but now it's getting worse do you feel like that the front three can't get in any positioning because Harry Kane wants to be Tom Brady at quarterback <laughs> and, is, and, is, and is forcing the midfield to clump up even more than it already is playing three centre midfielders do you think Maybe. Kane needs to stretch the game more so it will allow Lo Celso or Ndombele to attack the spaces? Or do you think the space is there, we've just not got the creativity? Um, that's a tough one because I think, in some ways, I think it's slightly unfair on Kane because I think his game has changed a little bit over the last 18 months or so to uh, sometimes play slightly deeper and, and stretch things a bit. But I, I think even... That, that's kind of I'm sort of fence sitting because I think on the other hand there is. I, I, I like to scope, be honest but, to give you my point of view, Jim. Make, make it easy for you. I'm not blaming Kane. Mm. Um, I think it's a tactical decision. I, I think, I'm not sure I do either. I don't think Kane's been stellar for quite a yeah. while, but I don't think it's his fault. But he needs to he needs to drop deep. One because he's always going to be targeted by the defenders. They're always going to put two centre backs on him. Or, or a centre-back and a holding midfielder on him. If he moves out of that position, he becomes so much harder to yeah. to, to mark. And he, his range of passing is absolutely fucking insane I, I, for a man I, in his position. I agree but my point you, is, yeah. point I'm trying to come on to, is that it wouldn't be a problem if we had midfield runners running behind him. And we just haven't had that. I don't know why. Like, we've had... Delhi has been playing centre-mid 
And the thing he did best under his best seasons was making late runs into the box. But you know, we only seem to have had Son that was been willing to make that run, and that, I think that's been killing us. I, I would agree with you, Ash, there, in most of that. Um, that's a fucking rarity for those who don't know. Yeah, it is a rarity. <laughs> However, with the defending is, as a defender, it's easier to mark a player who's in front of you. Mm. So whether they put two players or not, you drop deeper, they can still see you. You then got your centre midfielders who can pick you up. That's now four men. So if you, if he needs to work out how to maybe pull out slightly wider and making crossfield runs mm. um, to cross over the centre backs, or maybe get Bergwijn and Sonny closer, so then he can play the Bergheim type role because we know he can got the passing range and the flicks, get them in behind. Well, we managed to come away with something from from the Rens game, so it wasn't. A complete failure and a hero on the day was Hoiberg. And if it was up to me, he'd be paying manager. The quicker we do it, the fucking better. <laughs> that brings us nicely to Chelsea, though, because I'm not sure if you saw it. There was a moment in the game where Hoiberg had something in his eye. And he, the, the physios came on to try and figure out what it was. And he was like, no, go away. And he went to Hoiberg, who was the one who saw it out. <laughs> Ho- Hoiberg's a man mountain. Just looks like the sort of guy that, you know, like if he had to kick a puppy in the face to win a game, you know, he dipped it. <laughs> 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 he'd run he'd charge a ball down not the other way around wearing <laughs> speaking of Kane in that first half you you mentioned earlier that you think he'd do well playing out wide and to be fair for the majority of that first half against Chelsea we found him more on the left with Son in the middle and we were as entertaining as I've seen Spurs play for a long time in that first half versus Chelsea. We had the intensity and the fight, but we also put together some nice passing movements and created a few chances. The one for Son really springs to mind. Yeah. Is that, Jim, is that something that you can really see as the platform that Tottenham need to build on moving forward? I think so. I think so, yeah, because uh, what I was noticing was was how nicely, that, like that Son chance in particular, the... The two balls before it, how nicely they're both played in between the lines as like diagonal passes. There's nice movement from the whole team, um, and you can get this group of players playing like that. But it's it's that question I think that hasn't really been solved since the peak Poch era of how to sustain it. This is where like and Dombele is kind of. Uh, and like he, he is a player encompasses Spurs as a whole in some ways in that like he has these flashes of brilliance and can do amazing things and has a great touch and then he'll do something completely fucking stupid. Well, we're a bit like an old dog, aren't we? Like you're about to take it for a walk for the first couple of yards. He's well excited running all over the place and he's like, ah, fuck this. I need a lie down. I, I think it's a bit tough. We're being a bit tough on Ndombele. I think the fans are as well. We look at the two goals today. Look at. Uh, Chelsea. I don't know if Nuno's decided to play man marking or zonal. It looks like zonal, um, or if it. or if Endombele's just marking everyone in training, and it looks fantastic. Endombele <laughs> uh, is not the biggest. Why is he marking Lukaku in that Chelsea game today? He's picked up the Donko, who's a big centre back or holding midfielder, and then he's picking up Daniel Podence. It looks like zonal, but with the players we've got. We need to go man for man. Mm. Um, we've always played man for man. Mm. Well, speaking um, of... So I don't know why it's changed. Obviously, we've having a bit of a problem with, with set pieces. And the second half obviously started quite badly. And I, I don't think that 
I mean, goals goals change games, and I don't feel like we would have been that bad. But ultimately, there was a goal conceded from a set piece because Delhi's challenging one of the greatest defenders of the last 10, 15 years. He <laughs> was always going to beat him in the air. And then there was just a freak goal about five, ten minutes later, which so, like <laughs> that just completely kills the game. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that there would have been any chance for us coming into the game, Chris? Or do you think it just would have been typical Tottenham second half, even if that Kente goal didn't go in? We can sit here and speculate. At the end of the day, they surprised us with the first half. It looked yeah. good. Um, confidence is always key. Um, and the goal did come at the wrong time. However, what I didn't see and what I haven't seen is any reaction from any players. I haven't seen, like, let's pick ourselves up as a team. We seem to have plan A, which mm. doesn't work. So we stick with plan A. A bit like what Man United fans are saying about Oli. Uh, plan A, plan A, plan A, um, there's never a B. But yeah, I think it's, we lose that game. Tottenham fans were thinking we're going to lose that game. We've come out good in the first half. All we wanted was a reaction and a performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if we lose that game 2-1, we lose it. We accept it. We move on. Had there been a performance. Um, but unfortunately, it started against Paco in the Europa Conference League. And we're going into the North London derby without a massive performance and when I mean massive I mean domination from for the full 90 minutes not Man City let's defend for our lives <laughs> like tonight Wolves are a great a, a, a good Premier League team they're not great but where we want to be at we should especially going 2-0 up at half time we should be killing that game 3-4-0 yeah well um, Nuno himself has come out and said that one of the problems is bit struggling to react to to going down so Chris, you've got a daughter. <laughs> what do you say to her when she's pulling a strap? Oh, I have to say, I say to her, you've got two options. <laughs> um, you you either sort yourself out or we go back to the bad ages and we resort to violence. Which one do you choose? <laughs> um, need a bit of Fergie hairdryer, kick a boot, whatever it takes, really. Um, no, but seriously, guys, it's, it's down to the players. The managers can say what they want. I had a manager absolute great manager for myself and when we got into cup finals he would not say a word at before the game he'd say boys sit there quietly do what you need to do listen to music whatever and, and just play football and that's it no other words then the day they're pro players they know how to play but yeah Nuno does have to set some kind of instructions but marking from a corner how many instructions can there be why, why don't we we need to do a Liverpool and get a a set piece specialist instead of a throwing specialist. Yeah, Jim. Overall takeaway from the Chelsea game. Uh, do the basics, basically. That's what went wrong. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like if we played like we did throughout the majority, well, like we did in the first half and a few bits of here and there in the second half against most teams, we're gonna come away with with points throughout the season. But we're playing against a team here who's spent, I don't know, their squad was built on the. GDP of a medium-sized nation. <laughs> we shouldn't be competing with them. We're a Fiat 500 compared to a Ferrari when we're on the racetrack with them. It's it's insane. But yeah, you just want to see more fighting hunger. We can't ask for more than that. Like you said, we just if we went out, if we went down fighting, it would have been all right. But just the the Tottenham collapse just seems to happen time and time again. And we saw it again today against Wolves after going two 0 up. Again. A mostly brilliant first half that you managed to watch, Chris. What did you think about the, the passing and the moving in particular in that first half? I thought like we tried. We played a lot better, don't get me mm. wrong. Um, still room for improvement. Delhi 
looked like he was playing for Wolves at certain points. However, <laughs> when when he when he did get it right, like the assist for Kane, it's what we like to see. And Dembele charging the ball down for his goal. Um, we've not seen that in a while from anyone pressing high and trying to get the, the rebounds. I thought Skip had a better game today. He was class. He um, was I absolute thought Skip, class. Maybe it was a fitness or maybe that little niggle's finally gone. Yeah. Um, I still don't think he's quite ready, but he looked very good today. No, this is his level. He's made it. I think that this performance is that sort of coming-of-age performance in the first team that really puts his name out there. I thought it was excellent. Even in the second half, when the rest of the team were going through a bit of a slump, he was still biting into those challenges. But... Jack, Jack Wilshere against Barca, Harry Winks against Real Madrid type, or is this going to be a real <laughs> deal? No, no, I think this is the real... It's Wolves. It's not the same level of hype. <laughs> it's fine. Let's not fucking talk about Wolves and Real Madrid anymore. Jesus. We used to actually be able to play Real Madrid every now and then. That was fun, wasn't yeah. it? Not fucking drawing to Rennes. But that's what we want to see against big teams. Yeah. Can we go out there? Can we still play our game? But do we see some fight? And that's what's missing at the moment in that midfield. I think last year we was like, oh, the defence is our problem. And then we, we've, we've missed... The opportunity in that midfield so, and actually we've got too many players that are playing in the wrong position the yeah. Celso is playing in the wrong position I actually really like the Celso in this game like yeah. you, you mentioned Delhi earlier that you, you didn't think he played well but I really like the way he's sort of interchangeable with the Chelsea obviously the Chelsea being naturally a more central player and and same with Delhi but we saw the Chelsea sort of been having that freedom to roam because Delhi was out there as well because they could interchange, it meant Delhi was getting in the box, particularly in that first half. He had, you know, he was it was a bit of a threat in in the box. It, it didn't happen so much in the second half, but you can put that down to a number of reasons. But I, I really enjoyed that, and that's something that we've, like I said, we've been missing those those runs and beyonds, that bit of movement, that bit of unpredictability. We've been so easy to defend against. And do you know who created that? that? It nice. all started in that first half because of Gil. Oh mate, he's the first remember? one that tried to start doing the interchanging. Because he did it, it forced Delhi to start pulling. It started Lo Celso. Lo Celso is a great player. Tottenham I fans need to understand there is a I player. However, he can play that deeper midfielder that we've tried and we've seen it. However, he can score goals and he's good in around the box. He's a reactive player. Don't give him time. He can open up spaces. Not as good as Ericsson, but he can. And you saw that at Betis. He scored goals. He was... He was playmaking. He can do that. But we're trying to use him too deep. Um, I think that's the problem. All our midfielders can play. But it's just we're trying to play a formation that we haven't got the players for, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw a lot more positives today. But you mentioned Brian Gill when he was probably the biggest one out of the lot of them. Do you, do you remember Beyblades? Because <laughs> yeah. he reminded me of Beyblades so much. He literally just let him rip. He's out there just spinning all over the place. A nightmare to mark if you're a defender. And just an absolute whiz. I I love the unpredictability of the way he plays. He can take it down the wing. It will just appear all over the place. It was fantastic. I don't know about you guys what you feel. I think he would work very well with Kane and Son up front, potentially. Yeah. And then have Gil and Lucas slightly wider. Um, obviously, Son dropping in. But with Gil, Lucas and Son interchanging, I think that could be a defensive nightmare. Yeah, it's good to have those options. We've not really had many attacking options in the past. It's great. But speaking of unpredictability, we got to see the third kit today. And kids, don't do drugs because they are really bad. But also because you don't need to anymore. You can just watch that for nine, that kit for 90 minutes and you'll feel pretty <laughs> fucking wavy, let me tell you. 
I don't, is, is wavy a word that kids use anymore? I, I don't uh, know. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I think that was the grime era. We're now into drill <laughs> um, and TikTok. Um, <laughs> they're the two eras we're in. Maybe the uh, electric nature of the kit is to just kind of make up for the, all the static on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> There was some actual moments of beauty that first half. When we went 2-0 up, we fully deserved to. And you mentioned the Telstra being great at so many things. But what I think he did really well in this half was completing triangles all over the pitch. So the one way you keep possession and you progress it forward is by creating triangles. It's, it's a basic of football, Chris. Right? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? And triangles and setbacks. Exactly. So but that's something we've lacked quite often. But I think he really came through. And some of the passing was really really good and a lot of that came from skip usually winning the ball back and moving it on quickly it, it was great i don't know what what did you uh what did you think of the two goals jim tonight you didn't see him did you didn't watch it, so. <laughs> great <Chris>, help us out <laughs> i think kane being up front running in behind the hole opens up delhi first time yeah. puts it through just sums up all our points tonight really um, he's a nightmare to pick up, whether you put two on him. Good pass from Delhi. He was trying it all night. Eventually, one went through. Good odds there. But yeah, like LaCelso did get around the pitch, and that's what he's good at. Playing in a two, like we saw them trying to do with last season with Endon Belly and LaCelso, is not going to work. And even Winks um, in the fucking European games. That was the worst it. combination ever. Jesus worst. Christ. It's just not going to happen. Um, LaCelso needs freedom. Like you said, there's. There's been spells in most games, apart from Wolves in the Premier League, which I thought was one of our worst performances. And there's been spells. That's that's the frustrating thing. You get spells, but then you also get spells of, it looks like the Chuckle Brothers are running on the pitch. <laughs> um, you've got Paul on one side, and is it Barry on the other? Yeah, one of them's dead, so... Well, <laughs> I was talking about their heyday, Jim, but thank you. <laughs> Bring it down the tone there, Jim. Thanks. Yeah. So much for uh, the band that keeps us at the podcast for the people. Yes. I've got a true story about the Chuckles. Go I saw on. them live once. Uh, they did a theatre thing and um, went to go and see them. And I was about six and I was getting my signature. I was getting my autograph, sorry, getting Paul Paul's signature. And um, he asked my name and I said, Jamie, and he just said, How's Louise? <laughs> and it completely went over my head. And then it was only That's about, just gone over my head. It was only about 10 years later, I was like, he means Louise Redknapp, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> speaking, uh, speaking about comedians, there's, there's something inherently funny about Wolves basically being little Portugal. I don't know if you noticed it at half time. But they even had Portuguese music playing whilst the players were zooming up. As, as George Mendes moved into the music market. <laughs> well, actually, they're, saying, they're saying COVID's hit the DJ department. Well, which club was it? Was it Wolves that opened up a record label? That yeah, was in the music yeah they company. did. It was, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah, to support black country music, apparently. Yeah, as long as they sing in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you guys didn't watch the second half. Well, Jim didn't watch any of it because you're fucking useless. They they get a corner towards the end of the first half. And um, like you mentioned, Ndombele is marking Dendonka. And a lot of people will moan about Ndombele, like just flicking a leg. But he shouldn't really be marking Dendonka anyway, as far as I'm concerned. And 
great delivery, powerful header, no chance for the keeper. Fine. You want to pick up, you want to see us pick ourselves up and go again, but we did well enough just to make it to half time considering the pressure that they were putting us under. Second half, Endombele does what we all want him to do, which is have the ball at his feet and try and take a man on. Problem is, he did it as the last man in front of the centre backs whilst three men were taking him down and he got the ball taken off him. One thing led to another, ball was in the back of the net once again, predictably by a Portuguese football player. I didn't see it. So question to you, Ash. Was there someone open or was we hiding behind players again? No one wanted he, the ball. Was, was he forced to try and beat the man? Yeah, he was in that difficult position where he dropped deep to collect the ball from Skip, who had tried to progress forward to his benefit. So, so do we still even blame David, this man? A little bit, yeah. He had options. If it come, it, Like, Davies was an option. I don't want to pass to Davies. I've never seen any of our players pass to Davies. But you have to. You have to. Give him the ball. He could have kicked it backwards to the keeper. Uh, yes, there was a striker there, but if he hit it with enough power, it shouldn't have been a problem. And the good old classic just put it in Rose Ed. He did neither of those. He tried to take on three players at once and got floored. Nice. <laughs> the game sort of ebbed and flowed. It was really entertaining. If you weren't a Tottenham fan, it was a great match to watch. It was just both teams created a few chances. Um, the ball got down the right. I can't remember who crossed it in, but Hill got onto the end of it. And I don't know how the keeper saved it. And again, Harry Kane had a good chance of a header right towards the end. And Ruddy just decided to become just peak CS. Don't know where it came from. As every and keeper does. <laughs> against Tottenham, it's typical, isn't it? And then obviously we, we had the penalty shootouts, which... We we came through because essentially they missed three three of their penalties and you can't lose when when a team you misses three of their penalties. Yeah, yeah. When Italians play against teams who miss three <laughs> penalties, you tend to come out on top. Let me tell you. <laughs> so any 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 professional manager who's out there listening to this podcast, just get yourself an Italian player, whether he's good enough or not. Just stick him on the bench, bring him on for penalties, and you're guaranteed to win. Yeah, not me, because I'm five foot six and I'd be fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the presence. Five foot six, are you kidding? <laughs> five and, three, and four quarters. Four quarters? <laughs> it's fine. But guys, it's a I, I, I didn't get that gene in the family. I'm actually quite tall. I just want to put it out there. Nice. Are you adopted? <laughs> I've told Ashley that plenty of times, but we don't want to turn this into uh, what Ashley considered brotherly bullying um <laughs> i've actually been barred from repeating some of the stuff that we used to do anyway right. christian, christian got the christian got the height and i got the looks and the smarts so who's really laughing just the smarts <laughs> right so we've got through the games that we uh, we played this week on to woolwich christian who do you hate more woolwich or chelsea <laughs> <laughs> is that a question yeah freaking woolwich <laughs> um, people have been saying that all week though haven't they been like I think I had Chelsea more than Arsenal these days. <laughs> Why? They are QPR. Let's just remind <laughs> them. Before money, bearing in mind, they their owner wanted to buy us, but was too we were too expensive, so he decided to buy QPR. Let's not forget that. Is it Arteta's make or break game, Jim? No. No, it's not. Because... No, I really Sorry. wanted it to be. <laughs> no, it's not because they'll stick by him, whatever, won't they? Let's be honest. Trust the process. Is it Nuno's gym? I mean, he's absolute. He's terrible, isn't he? And for some reason, they're sticking with him, thinking that it's going to come good, and that uh, 
basically their shit show is going to get better, but it's, <laughs> it's really not. And it's quite, it, it used to be like, there was a period where it was quite funny. And now <laughs> like, it's, it's just not, they're just a, like a legit mid table team now. And you're like, okay. Well, they've, they've won their last two games, but I haven't seen the results. Were they not both? Knows. Were they both not one nils, one against uh, both? They beat Burnley, yeah, and I mean, in fairness, that's the sort of game I'd expect them to lose half the time, but <laughs> uh, they beat Burnley and they beat, who was the other one? Norwich, uh, it? Norwich. Oh, yeah, so they won the relegation six-pointer. Uh, <laughs> in fairness, they've kept a few clean sheets recently. They've, their last three have been clean sheets. I'm not including a friendly against Brentford in the international. <laughs> uh, who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> at least they've at least they've had a few goals for their uh, goal a month award this month. <laughs> oh, um, I like that. Not to, not disrespecting women's football, but to have women's and under twenty threes that was quite embarrassing and it's quite fun to watch. I watched that more <laughs> than I watched Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> we had uh, we had that for August. I think it was three games and we scored two goals and some bright spark decided to actually do a goal of the month competition. Lads, <laughs> like, are you taking the piss? There's two. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have to include some in training as well? <laughs> one's a tapping and the other one's a half decent 20 yard like. <laughs> I bet the tapping one. <laughs> should have done. We should have hijacked it. <laughs> yeah. Is it what worse no. now? Is it is it would it is it worse to lose to Arsenal now than it was when they were a million Most times better than us? They beat us. They don't they go above us? Am I right yeah. in thinking nah, that? level level points anyway. Right, level points. We have just been sitting there demolishing them from the start of the season. Uh, you're getting relegated. No, 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 no. And within two games, they will be joint with us. That will just show how bad we are. So well, we listen, have to beat them. Even if they go ahead of us. Even if the beers go ahead of us, I'm going to be calling them shit and I will die on that hill. I don't care. It's fucking Woolwich. Man. I don't want to give him any praise ever. Listen, I don't care. If, if we lose that game, Nuno needs to go. That's the end of Nuno if we lose well, that we, game. Someone spied you on a Nuno out Twitter chat. Well, what was your position in there? <laughs> yes, I've got a few friends in there in Twitter. I've been joining the spaces, keeping up with the with the kids. Yeah. What's your Twitter handle? How can people follow you? My Twitter handle is Chris underscore C91. So get following, guys. You'll see me in the spaces. I'll, if you're having a space, I will join. I have got a mind full of opinions that I will force <laughs> upon you. On absolutely anything. <laughs> <laughs> On absolutely anything. Um, I'm not a gardener, but I will tell you how to come up with the best apples. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll do quickly do some, uh, some score predictions for the Woolwich games. Jim, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, 3-1 Spurs, I think. Quite an easy one. Chris? I am going to go 3-1. I'm even going to tell you that Aubameyang is going to score first. They're going to get excited. It's going to be Harry Kane's game, and he's going to come back with two goals, and the last one's going to be Son. (laughs) Well, I reckon it's going to be 2-0 Tottenham, both goals in the second half, because as Jules pointed out in the group chat before the game, Nuno's sides in the UK haven't scored in the first half in 84 out of the 119 games. That's quite fucking bad. So 2-0, both in the second half. That's quite that's quite depressing to think that most, bad, of, our, most of our uh, best performances have been first half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll leave it on a, on a bit of fun. So Jules also 
mentioned that Keane was talking about desire and putting the body on the line. And Chris, he wants to know, who would you uh, snog, marry and kill out of Keane, Sue Ness and Richards? That's Roy Keane. Well, Dean Richards. No. <laughs> oh, Mika Richards. Mika, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dean. Oh, I was thinking of a Tottenham player there. Sorry, my bad. Since no, we're on the Tottenham Roy Keane, Roy Keane, Sue Ness and the, the Sky Sports lads. Right. I would have to kill Sooners. I can't stand him. The only good thing he's ever done to football was in Turkey, putting the flag in the middle of the pitch. Apart from that, he's boring. I would have to snog Mika Richards because he's a good-looking chap. And then I'm just scared of Roy Keane, so I'd marry him. <laughs> Surely that's a reason to avoid him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, who have, uh, who have Stockport got at the weekend? Wrexham. And uh, Wrexham are like... Hollywood club because they're owned by Ryan Reynolds. Of course they are. They are. Uh, and they've so... got a star fan. Who's that? What's his name? The Welsh guy that's got his own lager now. The captain. No idea. You've not seen him on Twitter? <laughs> he's called the captain and he's got he's even got his own lot his own brew of beer now. <laughs> is he like a Welsh the bootlegger guy? Is <laughs> yes, it is him. It's, it is the bootlegger guy. Is it? Is he Welsh, yes. is he? Yes, oh, he's a Wrexham fan. Well, they've uh, started the season. We were two teams that were favourites for the title. They've started like a train. We've started like a tragedy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Most of ours are expecting expecting to get leathered. And I think quite a few of ours are kind of hoping for one as well, because it might actually see the back of the manager. But uh, (laughs) I'm going because I can't get out of it now. Nice. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that'll be fun. (laughs) Great. It's not not too far from me. I'll have to... uh... You have to take me on a date to one of these beautiful matches, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that very friendly news, well, request, I think we'll call it an even, lads. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on all the socials. Just search cock and ball underscore pod. Make sure you include the pod, otherwise you might get some nasty results. We'll be with you again next week.